Hello, I'm Chris, and I'm the host of the 10 Drink Minimum podcast. We did a show at Yelptropolis this week, and it was really fun and awesome, but I'm not really sure it's really one of those things that's really fun to podcast. So I thought I wanted to try a little something different, and I was like, well, I want to put some content out, but I don't want everybody to have to get together and do a show. So I thought, hey, why don't I tell a story from my life that I think is very interesting and was exciting to me and scary and fun. And it's the time that I got to steal a car. Now, I know what you're thinking, like, oh, you're admitting to um, a crime, but actually I, I legally stole a car I got to repossess a car. I got to be like you watch on television and you have these guys that uh, repo or whatever. I got to repossess a car. And it was one of the craziest and most exhilarating things I've ever done in my entire life. And you're asking like, well, how did this happen? Well, a lot of things happen in my life just kind of random. And it's I will attribute it to the fact that I say yes. And people know that, and so, therefore, I, I get into all these weird situations. So this story kind of starts, oh, I don't know, probably late 90s in college. Um, I've dated, you know, a lot of different, you know, awesome women, some, you know, some not. But uh, <clears throat> of all the women I've ever dated, you know, w- you know, once we part ways, only really one of them have I ever really stayed friends with throughout all the rest of my life? And um, yeah, we'll call her Nicole. And Nicole and I met in college, and uh, she was f- she was from the northern part of the United States, up near Canada. Um, Nicole definitely she came from a, a family that you know had, they were they were probably well to do. Um, Anyway, we dated in college, and then after we dated, um, we ended up being roommates for a year and never dated any of the time we were roommates, and then we moved out from each other, and then after that, we became, we dated again. And then she moved off, and she got married. Later in life, she got divorced, and then we, you know, we reconnected, and then, you know, we're still friends. We, we, We connect on social media. Anyway, one day... Nicole hits me up and she goes, hey, she goes, are you still living in Albuquerque, New Mexico? And I say, yeah, I live here. She's like, well, my parents, they own a rental car company. And, you know, I'm not going to say which state it is. You know, it's it's up in one of the northern states. She's like, they, they own a rental car company. They own a company that also has limousines. But someone has, has rented a car from them. <clears throat> And driven it to Albuquerque. And I'm like, okay. Well, they weren't supposed to leave the state. So they're wondering if you'll get this car for them. So I, I immediately, you know, I, I, I'm pretty nice. And I, I don't think of any of, like, the actual situation. I just go, yeah, 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 sure, of course, you know, whatever you need, you know. And, um... Out of, you know, uh, any sentimental, like, memories I have of my friend, I probably say yes, you know. 
without even thinking of the ramifications of the decision I've just said. I just kind of say yes. So, you know, a couple days go by, and all of a sudden her, her mother actually calls me on the phone, and she says, Hi, I'm Nicole's mother, and uh, she said that you might be willing to get this, this van for us. It's actually a van. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I've already said yes. I'm one of those people. I don't, you know, I, I don't really like to back out of things. I'm kind of terrible at that. And so I say, yeah, yeah, I'll do this. And I, and, and I'm also terrible about asking for any kind of monetary whatever. And, uh, and she's like, okay, we're going to overnight you the keys to this van. We kind of know the, the G, through GPS, we kind of know the whereabouts of this, of where it's at. So then all of a sudden it starts to become really, really more real to me. I'm like, okay, they're really going to, I'm thinking like, you know, this person's going to become sane, even though I know better and people are, you know, awful <laughs> and really don't do the right thing, even though they should. But <clears throat> I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'm actually going to have to go repossess a car. You know, there's actually a level of danger to this. I could get killed. I could get hurt. Um, I could get, you know, even though I'm not stealing the car, I could get temporarily arrested, you know? There's a lot of things that could go wrong. And so I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the mom. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to overnight the keys to you. And I'm like, okay. So a day goes by, sure enough, the package shows up, the mom calls, and I'm like, you know, just like one of those people that I'm like, oh, I hope they don't call, you know, maybe some, some way, some form, hopefully this goes away. It doesn't. So this is like a, a Monday, a Monday when I get these keys and Actually, no, it was a Monday that they shipped them. And then it's a Tuesday that I get the keys in the mail. All day long at work, I'm just sick to my stomach because I'm going to have to, you know, what if I jump into the car and I turn the ignition and it, and it doesn't work? What if the car doesn't run? What if the battery is dead? What if the engine seized up and that's why they haven't moved it? So I'm just really stressing out. Well, during this time period, I had agree of uh, some friends of mine. I was I was doing a weekly Tuesday night um, risk game, and when I say risk, we were playing Risk Legacy, which is a little bit different than regular Risk. If you've ever played the board game Risk. It's the one where you conquer different countries. It takes like 10 hours. Someone always gets pissed off and they throw things. Well, Risk Legacy is, is, is in a, a newer version of the game where it's a lot of role-playing elements. Um, you open up new parts of the board and the, the game changes every time you play it. So every Tuesday night, we're playing this game. So the week prior, I'm telling my Risk Legacy group about how I'm going to have to repossess this car. Well, one of the guys, his name was Justin, and he was, he's a manager of a, of a restaurant here. He's also like a... At the time, he's probably a full-fledged member, but he was joining a, a 
motorcycle club, kind of like Sons of Anarchy style. Not one of the one percenters, but like one of the ones that, you know, they probably help out orphans and all that, you know, all the, all the, they, they look mean, but they have a heart of gold kind of thing. <clears throat> and he's like, hey man, this, this is real dangerous. He's like, man, I, I really don't think you need to do this by yourself. And he's like, if you don't mind, I'd like to come along. And I'm like, oh, do I not mind? I think that, you know, having somebody in the parking lot or watching my back, that's, yeah, absolutely. Holy shit. Yes, please. So a week later, the you know, I have the keys and, you know, we, we play Risk and I probably lost and I didn't get to sign the board if you've ever played Risk Legacy, but whatever, I, I don't care. So Justin and I, you know, I, I call the mom and I say, um, yeah, um, we're going to head over and we're going to get this car. So we head over to where it's like right around Midtown Albuquerque. It's uh, not a terrible part of the town, but also but kind of an industrial part of town. The bars in this part of town kind of remind me of like a very blue-collar, um, people get off work and they just want to have a drink and uh, maybe way too many and then make a bad decision. It's kind of like that Saturday Night Live where it's the last call bar and, um, yeah, you make bad choices. You know, you, you hook up before the end of the night. So we get over around and we can't find it. It's it's supposed to be like a white minivan. And I drive around, so I call her and I say, yeah, I don't think it's here. And she goes, no, I'm, I'm, I just GPS it. It's there. As we... Make one more last U-turn through a, a, a motel parking lot. There it is. Backed into a parking spot right in front of the motel door is this ugly early 2000s real POS minivan. White with chipped paint. I kind of do the thing where... I get out of his truck, and I go to scope it out, and I walk by, and it has clothes in it. It has um, those canes that, like, people walk where they, where if they have a really bad uh, MS or cerebral palsy, I think, where the canes, they, they have each one on each arm, and it has the clasp that goes around their forearms. There's a couple of those in the back. Um but it's just very, you know, looks like a, just a mishmash of just clothing and uh, canes and, you know, uh, fast food bags all over the van, right? So I walk back over to the truck and I'm, I tell him, I'm like, you know, I think if I just walk over, because I kind of wanted to like, I did a, I did a, I, I walked around the van then turned and kind of walked up towards the driver's side so I could stare inside and see what kind of steering column it had, like, you know, automatic. I'm, I knew it was automatic, but I was like, you know, if I walk in, turn it, turn the key, jack it into drive, can I just fly out? You know, and if I hit, if I miss drive, is neutral next, is, you know, first, second, because I can still, you know, use first, second and get out of the parking lot. Because I want to get out of there as quickly as possible. So I see that it is exactly that. So then I beeline back over to Justin's truck, who's my friend. And I see that he has a 45, I believe it was a 45 pistol on his lap. 
And, you know, usually when, you know, you think about that, you're like, oh, crap, someone's got a gun out, and you're like, feel uneasy, it makes you make more uneasy. For some reason, it made me feel more confident. And I know, of course, it did. You have a gun. But, you know, usually you add a gun in the mix, it makes it worse. But I'm like, okay, so if something happens, he's getting out of the car, and he's going to make sure I'm okay. So... I sit down for a second. He goes, you know, just take a breath and then go do it. And I think to myself, the longer I think about this, the worse it's going to be. So I look at him and I go, I'm going. And I get out of the car and I walk towards the van. And I make the exact same movement I did before when I scoped it out. I walk over to it, walk behind it. And walk right up to the driver's side as it's, you know, as the van is actually, luck, lucky for me, they backed the van into the parking space. So I stick the key in, unlock it, jump in the car, and I'll never forget this. As I move into the car, stick the key in the ignition, and take a breath. Please, please, please start. And my hand moves forward, and I hear the growl of the motor, and I just go, yes! And I grab the steer, the uh, the shifter, and I shift it into drive. And I think I hit the gas before I put it into drive. <laughs> so it kind of, you know lunges forward because I'm you know the the engine's revved up and it's hitting drive and I kind of peel out of there turn left fly out of the parking lot drive up to the stop sign hang a right hang an immediate right and I'm on I-40 and I'm free to go and I look in the rearview mirror there's Justin behind me and we drive this van to my house and I get out of the car and I am just full throttle. There is no Red Bull. There is no um, monster energy drink that could put that adrenaline in me. That just boom. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, wow. I am lit up like a Christmas tree. And Justin's just like, man, that's crazy. And, you know, we hug. And whew, a very emotional, you know, thing just happened. And... It was really interesting because, you know, I, I park it behind my house and I'm just like, whew, whew, you know, just really breathing heavy and just like, yes, you know. And I've never skydived, never done anything like that. But, man, it, it really felt that way. So I park it behind my house. I say goodbye to Justin. I call them and I say, I have your van. It's behind my house. So they tell me they're like okay we'll contact you tomorrow so the next day comes they contact me and they fly a guy in and i pick him up at the airport in the van he brings me back to my house drops me off and then this guy turns around and he drives back to one of the states that's like right by the great lakes i live in new mexico look at that on the map i'm like man how hard how I don't know how it works, but is it worse to not take it on the insurance than to pay for someone to fly to New Mexico 
take a vehicle and drive it back to like one of the upper northern states? I mean, I guess maybe the insurance may be more. I don't know. But yeah, sure enough. And it was one of those things in my life that I'd never done. And they ended up compensating me for it. Um, would I ever do it again? Probably not. But I will never forget the time that I legally stole a car or repoed a car. Um, definitely uh, thank you for listening to this short podcast. I just kind of wanted to make a real quick one with a nice story. Uh, if you guys like these, let me know. Uh, go on facebook.com forward slash 10 drink and add us. And then say, hey, I liked your short story. Please tell another one from your life. And I will. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the time I, I, I repoed, stole a car. And it was uh, something I will never forget. With that, I am 10 drink minimum. <laughs>